All right, here we go on Sunday morning in Las Vegas. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here live in the Fox Sports RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank Studio, every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, and 1340 AM, Las Vegas flagship station of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio and ESPN Radio Las Vegas. The we also include social media director Spencer The Wiz Ostrowski. Nobody beats the wind. Nobody beats the wind. Joining us remotely as he's taking care of his parents' dog today, and producer Chris Magnum Chapman is here, who aside from producing and being part of several shows at Lotus Broadcasting, Mags also serves as the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, and we are also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and Twitch. The page is called Line. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and and X at Line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports RCG Home Loans, powered by Illuminate Bank Studio, is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap brought to you by title sponsor, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank, is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. To get information or to get your questions answered regarding anything mortgage or real estate related, contact the pros at RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank, today. Uh, well, I mean... Yeah, obviously it snowballed. They scored a lot of goals, but we just we weren't good enough. But um, got to give them credit too. They capitalized on their chances. Uh, we didn't. Um, I like the way the guys responded in the third, but this isn't the time of year for more victories. We need points. Um, we're just more mentally prepared for this game, especially in the end of the game. We know it's going to be a tough game. Um, just came down to making free throws against tops and getting clean rebounds, which we didn't do in the last game. So I think that was the difference tonight. Alex Petrangelo and Deden Thomas Jr. Uh, Alex, excuse me, is Alec Martinez, and that was Alec Martinez talking about the loss after the Toronto game on Friday night, and then you heard Deden Thomas talking about uh, the win at UNLV over number 22 Colorado State yesterday at the Thomas and Mac. We're going to talk all about both the Golden Knights, uh, who's going to be playing, who's not, goalie issues in a few minutes here, and UNLV, the biggest subject, of course, this team, uh, eight of nine nine games they've won uh that hasn't been done in a long time we'll talk about that in a little while and of course their coach and uh will he retain his position at the end of the year that's been a, a hot topic all season for UNLV basketball and we'll give you a little more insight on that shortly here also joining us in just a little while and looking real forward to this a friend of mine and um a guy that is the vice president of communications for the Las Vegas Motor Speedway Sonoma Raceway and also uh the co-host of a podcast that's going to get really popular another one he was doing one before this one's called Gone Racing and um, you definitely want to check this out. Uh, and it's going to be Jeff Motley, and he'll join us in a little while with that. And then if we get time a little bit later on, we'll do a kind of a segment of the Bones. But uh, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks, top five quarterbacks that are expected to go in the first year, round of this year's NFL draft. And will the Raiders be partaking in uh, the quarterback lottery? We'll find out about that as well. That is What's on Tap. And once again, What's on Tap is brought to you by Luminate, excuse me, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank. If you are looking to re, buy a purchase a home or to refinance the home you currently own, or you have any mortgage or real estate related questions, contact RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank today, 702-964-5720. And once again, that is What's on Tap. We'll get to Nightcap here in one second. Spence out in, uh, in Pahrump, uh, taking care of the dog. How you doing out there, Spence? I'm getting it's nice to uh, see my dog every once in a while it's just hard because of school I can't take care of her myself but you know when everyone's out of the house and I need to take care of her it's a it's a nice feeling to spend time with her well there you go well when would you rather have your you know still be living with your dog in Pahrump or living with Megan in Las Vegas if I pick my dog over my fiance, <laughs> something's really messed up. <laughs> a good answer, Spence. See, you're learning. You're learning already. Like, like I used to always say back in the day when I was married. You know, 
my wife, or excuse me, I wear the pants in the family, and that's because she says that I do. And when she tells me to take them off, you wouldn't believe how quick they hit the floor. So just remember that words of wisdom. Listen, uh, also, uh, uh, Mags is here as well, and um, Chris, we'll talk about it in a little bit with the Vegas Golden Knights and what's going on with them. It's uh, I'm not going to say puzzling. There's ebb and flows of every season, and uh, injuries play a gigantic part. And once again, uh, the injury bug has plagued the Vegas Golden Knights again, but we'll talk about that. But other than that, man, how was your weekend? to this point how you doing man yeah it's all good i mean unlv won last night golden knights uh, continue to struggle so uh you know i mean it's it, it is what it is i mean nothing really changes in my life when teams win or lose but you know it certainly makes life a little more interesting when you've got professional sports and you've got a i would say a a improving unlv basketball team in town so uh you know Good, good, good weekend so far. Yeah, Kevin Kruger, you'll hear the, the him in a minute, but he, you know he um, he was talking about how it's just wild how Vegas has just become a sports mecca, and it's it's spilling over to all sports and UNLV having some success the last couple games last Saturday against Reno and uh, the, yesterday against Colorado State. Man, I have seen more people in the Thomas Mac than I've seen in years, and it's a it's refreshing, it's cool, and uh, you know, but winning is contagious. And even though this team has be, kind of been disregarded and people didn't think much of them this year, and again, we'll get to that when we get to talk about UNLV. But you know, I got to say that uh, it is. It's refreshing to see them winning at the Thomas and Mac and to see people in the building. Well, I think Kevin, when you say winning is contagious, Kevin Kruger and the men's team are probably getting the 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 winning vibe from the team that shares that yeah. little spot on campus with them in Lindy LaRock's Lady Rebels, who I believe they're twenty three and two on the season. They won a a pretty tough road game uh, at Wyoming. They went to New Mexico recently and won there. Uh, they go up north to a team they beat by about 35 points earlier in the season. Yep. So, uh, you know, good on them. They are cruising to looks what looks like a third consecutive yeah. NCAA tournament. I think they're going to have a pretty decent seed this year where they, I think they'll be rated higher than the team they're playing. My guess is probably in that 7-10 matchup, which well, is maybe, which is always maybe, tough. Yeah, maybe maybe an 8-9, 7-10. Is yeah, I mean, six, six, somewhere in that 6-11, 7-10, 8-9 That'd be good if eight, they could get 6-11, Chris. And, you know, pretty soon – she, Liddy's done such a good job here. She's an excellent basketball coach. But you know, you get that old knock years ago with Duke. I mean, when when uh, you know, you know, it, it, at a much different level. But Coach K, before he won his first national title, took him to like three Final Fours, and everyone's like, "Dude, are you going to win in the Final yeah, Four well, pretty soon?" Liddy. Un- unfortunately, it, it took a, a a ridiculous foul on Greg Anthony. For Coach K to steal his first yeah, NCAA no, tournament I agree, win or but title, my, but the point is with Lindy, it's it's getting to the NCAA now is becoming expected, and yeah, pretty soon yeah, they want to well, see they want to see that team win a game, look, and that's going to start becoming the moniker. Is, I, are you going to win in the NCAA tournament? I think at some point there there's going to be a very very difficult decision that Lindy Larock is going to need to make, and I don't know if she will be the coach who follows Tara Vanderveer at Stanford, but. If I'm Stanford, I'm looking at the fact that she's oh an alum. Oh my God, are you kidding? She, she what she's done to be at the top. So, of that list, so like I, I think it's going to be, you know, you, you. Unfortunately, in the Mountain West and women's basketball, there's there's a certain peak that you could reach, and Lindy LaRock has kind of reached that yeah. that that pinnacle of Mountain West. Look, the reality is, it's a one bid most seasons, one bid league most seasons. You go to Stanford, you've got the potential to win a national title. No doubt. And well, the thing is, is this year, like you said, Chris, I think they're going to get the higher seed, and they are going to be favored to win that first game in the NCAA tournament, which a UNLV team in either to men's or women's, uh, it's been a long, long time since they've been a favorite to win a game, let alone in, on the men's side getting into the tournament. But uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's jump into it, Spence, with, with Nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. If you watch the game, what happened was we were light on pucks all over the ice and we made some egregious mistakes and they capitalized. That's what happened. And, uh, you know, that is exactly what happened. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, obviously, uh, not real happy 
at the press conference. We'll hear what but Magnum asked him a question about uh, the younger players because so many of them now are being counted on that they're bringing up from Henderson to play because of injuries. And uh, that was the longest answer was to Chris's question that Bruce gave. I think he answered a total of three questions and up and got out of there. And you could see the frustration on his face. Bruce Cassidy usually doesn't show it. He's pretty cool, calm, and collected most of the time. Uh, Friday night after the game, he's b- pushing his hair back. What you see people that are stressed doing is what you saw him doing in the post-game press conference. I hadn't seen that in Bruce before, but I understand the frustrations. I mean, it was a bad game in Toronto until the third period. I mean, they came out playing okay, but they got behind, and then they got way behind. Uh, they fought back a little bit, but uh, but again, uh, you know, as um, Alec Martinez mentioned uh, in the at, at the top of the show, the bottom line is is uh, you know, well, you well you'll actually hear it about moral victories he has mentioned as a matter of fact uh go ahead spence and, and play that right now alec martinez and talking about uh you know this game um you know i thought the first probably five six minutes we had a, a pretty good start but um you know obviously they they capitalize on a couple there uh it's kind of been you know something that's you know we got away with in san jose but you know didn't have a good start didn't have a good start against nashville and then obviously didn't have one tonight. And, um, can't do that in this league. Teams are too good, especially those guys. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and that's the whole thing is, you know, we talked about the top world victories, and you just can't have that. You've got to play a full game. And they've got to play better defensively. They've got to put more pucks in the net. Although they've been scoring some goals. I mean, they've had, a, I think, six goals in the last two games. But you've got to have more than that. And um, in the shootout, they got shut out uh, yesterday at Ottawa. And, and that's just something that can't happen. Now, Ottawa's goaltender made some great saves. For, Forsberg played tremendous yesterday. And if you watch the game, he played really well. Logan Thompson made some good saves as well. But, um, again, you can't – one point is just not going to be enough. They're 11 points back of Vancouver right now, and they've got teams like Edmonton nipping at their heels. And uh, yeah, I still think the Vegas Golden Knights will find their way into the postseason. But, again, it's something that um, they're going to have to work for, and it's not going to be handed to them. And the, 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 there's really a lot of parity this year in the league. And I'll tell you what, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs looked really, really good. Their biggest question is going to be between the pipes for them. But if this team can get their goaltending you know, shored up, uh, they're going to be a formidable foe in the playoffs. And you might not see the moniker on Toronto not being able to go deep into the playoffs. Might be changing this year. Austin Matthews, getting to watch him in person. And I actually went down and watched the game from a sweep so even closer to ice level he is so incredibly talented not just with the puck but when he's skating without the puck you have to constantly be cognizant of where Austin Matthews is on the ice he is so good and that puck gets on his stick and gets off it so quickly it's like the guy has four or five set of eyes and he sees all over the ice he made an assistant on Friday night that is just that there's very few players that have the capability of seeing the ice like that and making a tape-to-tape pass with that kind of velocity and that quickly. And then the deflection he made on one of the goals as well. This guy just sees the puck. His IAN coordination might be as great as I've ever seen anybody at any sport have. And that's what makes him so successful. That's why he's got the, the amount of goals he already has at this point in the season. I mean, it's credible. Uh, Marcheseau just got his 30th goal last night. And uh, Austin Matthews is already at 60. I mean, this guy is is just clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, is he better than Connor McDavid? I'm still going to say no, but I'll tell you what, it's not like Connor McDavid is head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, Austin Matthews is right there, and I think, you know, within the next two years, he'll be donning that C on his chest. It's amazing he doesn't wear the C because he is such a good player, one of the most dominant players in the National Hockey League. It's a pleasure to watch him play, just not against the Golden Knights or the Red Wings for me because, you know, he finds a way to score a goal in most games that he plays in and uh and he is just an incredible incredible talent um you know last night chris they lost that game in in overtime they start off they end up they're up two to nothing in the second period again a lead that they squander give away and ultimately had to get a late goal uh, Chandler Stevenson second of the game to tie the game to send it to overtime but then they don't get a goal 
in the sh- in the overtime and they don't score in the shootout. What is going on offensively with this team? We know about they've had some defensive struggles, but offensively, you got three chances at a shootout. I know Forsberg played well yesterday, but you got to put the puck in the net, Chris. Yeah, Brian, you, fifth time this season that the Golden Knights have been up two goals and have lost. Uh, that's certainly something that's not going to sit well with the front office or should it sit well with the players. Um, last night, they get up to that 2 nothing lead. I, you're thinking, all right, these guys have, have bounced back a little bit. And then they give up a couple of, of goals to the, to the Senators. Then they give up that goal that put the Senators ahead. And you're thinking, they're not even going to get a point in this game. And they, they somehow score a 6-on-5 goal, which has been very, very, very difficult for them to do this season. And tenfold without Jack Eichel in the lineup. Their power play has not been good without Jack in the lineup. So um, it's it's one of those things, Brian, where you're really scratching your head and you're starting to ask what is the issue. And injuries are certainly – look, you're, you're, you've played – I think about 60 games this season, close to it. And only in one of those games all season have you had your number one lineup on the ice. And they lost that game 3-0, which is crazy. It was on November 19th against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was the only time this season that their A lineup has been out there. But their depth is better than most teams' depth. The problem is now you're getting into issues where you're playing depth players for your depth players, and that's tough for a lot of teams to overcome. I don't care. For anyone, Chris. You know, like, you, you, you take Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid off the Edmonton Oilers. They're not very good. <laughs> that's a you, whole you, you take team. You take Anze Kopitar and Adrian Kempe off the L.A. Kings. They're not very good. So the Golden Knights are, are, are treading water. Basically, I think until they're able to get Jack Eichel back there, hopefully in the next few nights. I don't know if he's on the road trip. I, I had heard that the, that he might travel. I haven't seen confirmation either way on if he's on the road with the team or not. But, Brian, I mean, they're, they're still in good shape to make the playoffs. The problem is once you start moving down the the – I would say the, the 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 seedings in the playoffs, it, the road gets a lot more difficult. Oh, there's no, we saw it in the NFL yeah. with the Philadelphia Eagles. The first third, two-thirds of the season, they were the best team in the National Football League. They ended up having to go on the road and play a wild-card game against Tampa Bay and lost, and that can very easily happen. You know, the bottom line is, regardless of the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights are somewhat stuck in the mud right now, there is still a target on their back. They are still the reigning Stanley Cup champions, and everyone wants to beat them, and they still consider it a well, best. Bruce made that. Yeah. He, he said that the other night. Yeah, he, teams, and he's teams. not making excuses. No, and, and and you know, Chris, you asked a really good question because when you talked about the depth and you're going, you know, depth upon depth, and you asked that question to both, um, uh, you know, to both uh, Alex Petrangelo and you asked it to Bruce Cassidy, and this is what Bruce Cassidy had to say when Chris uh, asked him the question yesterday, or I should say Friday. Alex had mentioned in the locker room that. Inexperienced lineup. It's on. It's a, there's an onus on the veteran players to step up. But just how much does having three guys who have a combined 14 games in the in the league matter in a match? Don't make excuses. He's right. He's right. They got to step up. Doesn't mean you're gonna win every game because you're you're missing difference makers. You got young kids in there. Young kids helped us win a game in San Jose. If it wasn't for them, we might not have won up there. Right? We don't know that. But so it's up to the guys that have been here and done it that have the resume to lead this team. We've talked about our leadership group over and over how good they are. Well, time to be good, you know, right now. Because no one's trickling right back in the lineup tonight, right? Maybe we'll see what happens, but so they need to be the guys that lead the team. The followers follow. So um, I talked about this earlier, that we could use that middle wave of guys to push a little bit here. Um, but your best players need to be the, the leaders of, of, of the team, uh, right now especially. There's not a lot of margin for error, or as much as there was before. So we've got to take care of business starting there. And uh, let me go back to your question. I liked our start. I thought we were ready to play. So that's a positive. Um, we weren't able to capitalize, but after that, we made a lot of plays. We were soft on the puck, easy to play against. We're losing our identity a little bit, right? We're 
easier and easier to play against. Teams want what we have, right? So they want, they want. We're the defending champs, they want to be that, so they're coming at you. So um, we do have to acknowledge that part, the mental part of it. Uh, that's what's going to happen every night. So be prepared to play. And we did a better job of that tonight. We just, like I said, we're late. It looked like men against boys there for a stretch of about 10 minutes, uh, 15 minutes, whatever it was. And, and then certainly tried to battle back, but we didn't execute well enough to do that. Yeah, he's 100% right. Uh, they didn't execute well enough to come back, and they made they made an effort in the third period, but it wasn't enough, and men amongst boys was the way that it looked for a while. You're just shaking your head like one puck after the other. They pulled Aiden Hill after the first period, and uh, that leads me to the next conversation about the goaltenders, and uh, Bruce Cassidy addressed that. Is he going to go with the same rotation? And he addressed that as well um, after the game on Friday night. I don't know, I'll talk to Berkey about that tomorrow. But uh, both goalies are going to play two games this week, and that won't change. I won't worry about next week, next week. Uh, I'm not going to, I've told you this many times, I'm not going to share details of who's playing, because goalies will be the first to know who's playing. So um, so that was the plan this week. Yeah, you can see he's, he is perturbed, and, and, and understandably. And, and the question is going to be is, Who's number one? It's funny because I said a couple of weeks ago Aiden Hill had cemented himself as the number one goaltender of this team. I'm not so sure of that anymore. I'm not so sure that you wouldn't turn to Logan Thompson, and I think it's going to be a back and forth until somebody steps up, shows some consistency, and you can't let bad goals in. The chippy goals, the greasy goals, you got to keep out of the net if you're going to make any kind of run in the postseason. Will the Golden Knights go out and try to find another goaltender? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to be their focus when it comes to the trading deadline. I think they're going to have to focus on you know, trying to fulfill Phil Mark Stone's role, who's it looks like is going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, he had, you know, uh, uh, something happened with his spleen on a hit he took the other night, and uh, it looks like he's not going to be back this season. Mark Stone is a huge loss, not just what he brings in his abilities on the ice, but in his leadership, both on the ice and in the locker room. Every player talks about it. This guy is the emotional leader of the Vegas Golden Knights. You can see it when he scores a goal. I don't think anyone in the National Hockey League gets more excited than Mark Stone when his team scores a goal and when he's a part of it. And the big thing about that is the guy's a veteran. He's been around a while, and he gets excited like he's a 21-year-old kid coming up. You need that kind of enthusiasm and energy on a team that's going to make a run in the Stanley Cup. And, and without Mark Stone, I don't know if behind the scenes he can contribute enough. They are going to need everybody healthy. They're going to need Eichel back for sure at the top of this game. Guys like William Carrier, they're going to need the guys back at some point in time for this team to be able to make a run in the Stanley Cup. Will they make the playoffs? Yeah, I believe like what Chris said. I think they've done enough, and they'll do enough to continue to make the playoffs. But again, as the seedings drop, so does the the um, difficulty, the degree of difficulty to make any kind of run or get past teams. So we'll see what happens uh, as we go forward with that. And uh, we can go ahead and move right on forward, Spence, to fact this. Facts this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. Um, fact this is brought to you by, uh, um, excuse me, by the Care Replacement Center in Las Vegas. Uh, and we'll give you the website, and Spencer will put that stuff up on the on the board. I thought I had that on here, but I didn't have the tag on here, so I apologize with that. But go ahead, Spencer, play the play the run. Yeah, I think you can make the argument just because of what, you know, when you're in the last two weeks of a season, two or three weeks of a season, the importance of the weight on each game. And, and again, I mean, we, were, we left the Reno game, we were sick. We just, we were, we were sick to our stomachs. We just didn't feel that that was us, that was what we had done in 37 great minutes and then let it slip. And for the majority of games leading up to that point, when we were in close games, we had a, we had a, a great sense of confidence because we knew we kind of developed a rhythm that we were going to do certain things and do certain things well to give us a chance to win. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, a, it's the sports capital of the world right now that, you know, you and I have talked about that and, and the interest in sports is as high as it's, I would assume as it's ever been, certainly since my family moved here. And uh, so people are getting out and supporting sports, sports teams and sports programs. And uh, to be, to have some confidence and be playing well right now, uh, going into the final stretch is just, it, it, it's just fun to be a part of, but 
it, it, the best part about it, honestly, is to have such a, a great crowd again and not, you know, have a discussion point after, like, man, that crowd was incredible. But then want to move on to another topic because you didn't win. <laughs> like, like, it kind of felt a week ago. To be able to now go and talk about how incredible the crowd was and how amazing the fans were, especially, you know, when they possibly don't agree with the call and how they, how just mad they get as a fan base is, is you know, it gives you goosebumps on the sideline because that's, you know that energizes your guys, even though if they're not, you know, really paying that much attention to it, it's just this part of the energy of, of college sports. And, and uh, but uh, I think we can give a big, a big thank you to the, the crowd for helping get that one done. That crowd helped out a lot, and uh, they'll need the crowd down the stretch here, and especially when they get into the tournament. Uh, in fact, this is brought to you by Lifelike Hair Center of Las Vegas. If you are experiencing hair loss or thinning hair and want to learn about the best non-surgical options available, call 702-737-5759 or go to lifelikehair.com and schedule your free consultation uh, today. Uh, it is a fact the UNLV running Rebels have won eight of their last nine games, all in conference, and they have now beaten four teams ranked in the top 25 this season. This has not happened in over a decade since Kevin Kruger's father, Lon, was the coach, and that team went to the Sweet 16. Yet, as I have stated on this show a number of times, Kevin Kruger is on the hot seat, and I still feel that UNLV would have to at least make the NIT and win a game to remain the head coach going into next season. Now, I know that is a bold statement, especially Kevin Kruger. You're looking at four top 25 teams. Both times they beat New Mexico, they were ranked. They beat Colorado State ranked, and they beat Creighton, who was actually ranked in the top uh, 15, and Creighton just got done knocking off the number one team in the country a week ago in uh, UConn, who won the national championship last year. So that bodes well for UNLV. One of the things that hurts UNLV a great deal is, uh, and it could hurt UNLV, is um, is Rob Whaley Jr. went down yesterday in the second half. If you want to talk about a guy from the beginning of the season who wasn't even playing to right now, the most improved player on this team. Deedon Thomas gets better every game, and this kid is going to be a stud in the Mountain West Conference. If he stays around and doesn't portal out of here, this kid is going to be a very, very good point guard at UNLV. We might end up calling him one of the best of all uh, that UNLV has had. That's how good I think the upside of this kid is. Remember, he's an 18-year-old freshman that still should be in high school right now. So I give him a lot of credit for his ability. But Rob Whaley Jr., this guy is the size of a defensive end. He's like six foot six. He is a monster. He's got to be at least 240 pounds. And this kid is a space heater inside, but he is athletic. And he has really become one of the leaders on the floor for this UNLV team. It is going to be very, very, very tough to replace him going forward. And it looks like Isaiah Cottrell will finally get back in the lineup. He got extended minutes yesterday. He played 10 minutes. He hasn't played 10 minutes in two months in a game. So if Rob Whaley Jr. is out, that is going to change things up tremendously. And uh, we'll see We'll see what happens. And, and uh, you know, no news on him right, so, right now. I did have, talk to somebody in the press conference that was one of the cameramen on the floor. He said he was sitting right there. And when Whaley went down, they looked at Whaley and they said, are you okay? And he looked at him emphatically and said, no, I'm not. And you could see he was very frustrated. He put no weight on the leg whatsoever, whether it's his ankle or knee. But what the cameraman told me is he actually came down and landed. Typically, you see it in basketball all the, all the time. Landed on one of the other player's foot. And it rolled him, and it rolled his ankle, but it didn't look so much like an ankle, like he grabbed his knee. So we're going to find out in the near future, but I'll tell you what, if they lose this kid, that really is going to make it difficult on them. This guy is one of the best five players on this team, Chris, and somebody they would be counting on to make any kind of a move going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, right? Because this team is playing really well within the conference, and I think... It's a shame that this team had such a poor start out of conference. You know, you you look at losses to Florida State and Richmond, who's really good. Richmond's probably an NCAA tournament team. but The Spiders. Yeah, I mean, I think they're still leading the A-10. But the loss to Southern is is, is just devastating. Yeah. 
Um, well, and, the- and then you look at the loss to Air Force. But, you know, the, Brian, the thing is, they are a screw job away from beating Utah State. Yeah. And they're a meltdown away from beating Reno. This, this is a pretty good team in the Mountain West Conference, which is a pretty good conference in and of itself. I think the problem is the resume is is out of conference, is, is outside of the win against Creighton, not good. Um, they didn't, you know, the, the, the tragedy on campus, of course, prevented them from having the opportunity to play Dayton. Uh, but, but, Brian, this is not an NCAA tournament team based on resume, but they could become an NCAA tournament team by winning the Mountain West Conference tournament, and I'm going to put it out there. The only team that I do not think they can beat in the conference. So if they play them in the in the final or anywhere along the way, I think they lose. But San Diego State. Other than that, there's no reason why this team can't beat anyone in the conference. No, no, I agree with you. And they play San Diego State in a week. They're ranked number 19 in the country right now. I still think at the, home. Yeah, at home. Uh, yeah, they play them at no. They play them in San Diego State. They've already played them. Here I thought. I thought the. I thought the first game of the conference was in San Diego. No, I thought they played San Diego State. Well, it doesn't matter. They, they play San Diego State, and and it's yeah. It's regardless be, of where it is. That's a team that no, that has has owned them. Yeah, they've owned the conference. I mean, San Diego yeah. State has been the cream of the Mountain West oh, for a long NCAA time. Final and last year, yeah, championship, game, championship last year. game last year. You can't get much better than that. But winning the NCAA tournament, uh, but it's going to be a real measuring stick next week. This week they've got two games. They're at Wyoming two. Tuesday, they play at home against San Jose State, which is, by the way, their last home game of the season next week. And um, or maybe Chris, you're right about San Diego. I have to look that up about San Diego State. But the point is, is they're number 19. They they should win those two games this week. That would get them to 18 wins. Um, next week, it's going to be tough to win one of their last two games, and you don't want to lose two straight going into the Mountain West tournament. Yeah, they play they play San Diego State here. Okay, so it is here. Uh, that'll be, to me, a measuring stick as to where this team is going into the postseason. And, uh, again, they've got the tournament here at the Thomas & Mack. They could make a run this year. The Boone brothers difference, but I think Whaley is a gigantic part of this team, and I think without him, uh, that's going to make the road even more difficult for UNLV. Uh, that being said, um, we'll see what happens. I, I think this is a team that could make, I think if they get 19 wins, they will get an NIT opportunity at 19 wins this year simply because of the way the Mountain West Conference is being viewed. As you mentioned, people talk about four teams potentially making it maybe more to the Mountain West Conference if that that happens to the NCA, then a 19-win UNLV team could get into the NIT. And chances are, with UNLV being uh, becoming, a, or I should say Las Vegas becoming a sports mecca, I would think the NCA would want a game played in Las Vegas. So chances are, if they did get an NIT bid, they would be ranked high enough to make sure that they got at least one home game, which they could win. And if that happens, I believe Kevin Kruger will be the coach at UNLV next year. But again, I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I believe he's got to make a postseason tournament if it's the NCAA he doesn't have to win there that'll be good enough if it's the NIT it's going to take one win uh, that's where we're going with this at that point um, and uh, that is fact this again once again brought to you by Life Like Hair Center of Las Vegas and let's move right on and get to uh, uh, get to my, my friend a guy that I saw down at Radio Row for a couple of days in a row there during the Super Bowl Jeff Motley the Vice President of Communications for the Las Vegas Motor Speedway Sonoma Raceway and also the co-host of a podcast that he does with uh, Brendan Gone, who is um, a former NASCAR driver himself, and it's a great podcast. They're doing it now back at the uh, South Point Studio, so you can catch them there. They are there every Thursday, and um, again, Gone Racing. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, Brian. How are you? Oh, you know, it's a Sunday morning. I'm awake. I'm alive. It's Las Vegas, and uh, I'm in a sports town, and it's, it's just funny. Doing the show since 2012, I was talking to somebody at the Super Bowl that back then, the biggest event that I covered was NASCAR in town. Now you have NASCAR still. You have the Raiders. You have the Vegas Golden Knights. You're about to have the Oakland A's. You know, you still have UNLV football and basketball and the Aviators, but Las Vegas has become a sports hub. And uh, it's pretty cool to see, isn't it? No, it is amazing when you see all the sports that have come here. And then we've also, you know, the thing with the NASCAR race, we really kind of raised the special events sports to another level when we got NASCAR here in the late 90s. And now look at the special events. I mean, we've got the we've had the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the largest single day sporting event in the world. We know that the Final Four is coming. Uh, we've had the NBA, the NFL draft. We've had an NBA All Star game. Uh, those things are just. We've had the Pro Bowl. I was so going to say, how about how about how about how about Formula One, Jeff? 
And we've had Formula One. Yeah. Um, that one seems to have had a little bit more controversy than the others. Yep. Um, so, and, that, and that's a little bit of a completely different event than what we have. No, 100%. It just, it, it was crazy. Uh, I, I actually didn't go down there that night. It was a night event. But to see uh, Formula One cars racing through the streets of Las Vegas, pretty darn cool. And also just excites people. But NASCAR is a whole different animal. Um, NASCAR, it, it is a cult following. It's like uh, there's certain performers that I, I equate NASCAR to where people just are so loyal. They follow them around the country. A guy, you know, guy like the Grateful Dead, I mean, almost, or, or even Jim, the the late great Jimmy Buffett, the Parrot Heads. That is the kind of NASCAR, fo- the following NASCARs. These people travel around, and uh, there's nothing like it. And it's funny because I was a big IndyCar guy growing up, and I love the Indy series. I've been to the Indy 500 a couple times in Michigan. Um, you know, in Irish Hills, they had they had the Michigan 400, which was tremendous, and I used to enjoy going to that. But then they, they the the Indy group split up years ago, and they split the drivers. They, they, they half and half is almost like what they did with Live Golf. Re- recently and it, it lost its appeal to me and I took to NASCAR and especially when I get out here now I love it I follow it and uh, I look forward to the races out at the LVMS it is a great track it's the oval it is you are going to see some incredible racing at incredible speeds and uh, this year we just saw that the Daytona 500 it gets postponed and then of course one of the best drivers on the circuit right now um, William Byron wins the Daytona 500 ironically he won the last Pennzoil 400 out here a year ago and uh, coming in he's one of the favorites right now Jeff to win the series this year yeah he absolutely is in fact if you know we talked about it on our show uh, Brendan and I did uh, this week that He's probably the favorite to win the whole championship, I believe. Uh, he's certainly the guy I would be picking to win again next weekend here in Las Vegas. He's probably going to be a guy to beat today at Atlanta because he'll be running there a little, little bit later on today. Yep. And, you know, and the great thing about William Byron, or maybe the interesting thing, you know, he learned to race on a computer. I mean, talk about the new wave, the new age of race car driver. But he learned doing eye racing, not by being out in the garage, working on his dad's car, and then starting out racing a a go-kart when he was six years old. So I think that's remarkable. Yeah, no question about it. Well, the interest, you know, now in NASCAR is is incredible. And in Vegas, you see it, like I said, when you if you can get out to the race, and as a matter of fact, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the interview here with Jeff uh, to get your chance to win a couple of tickets to Sunday's race, and we're going to also have a, co- a pair of tickets to give away to Saturday's race as well. And that number, to keep it handy, it's 702-876-1340. We'll be giving them away in a little bit. But looking forward to the race, People right now, first of all, Jeff, before we get we get into more of the race, I want to talk about your podcast, Gone Racing. I did get a chance to hear it recently. I um, like to get out there to see it live sometime. You guys do a great job. You're back out at the South Point studio. And, of course, Brendan Gone, a great job. He's a great lead host. I really enjoy the two of you doing the show together. Talk about the show and what people can expect and, of course, where they can find it. Well, it's funny. The whole reason the show started was about seven years ago. Uh, when we first got the South Point 400, the second NASCAR event, the Musburgers came to us and asked us about doing a show for a few weeks to promote the race. And it was really going to be like three shows. And as it turned out, we ended up doing the rest of that season and it just keeps going on and on. And mainly what we talk about is the odds in NASCAR, whether it's the odds to win, the odds for a top three. We do driver head to heads. We do group matchups. We do manufacturer props. But it's all about betting on NASCAR. That's really what we do. And you probably heard this week's show because Brendan was lead announcer. We actually rotate each week. So he does lead announcing one week. I do lead announcing, and it really works out well for us. And the funny part about it is that Brendan and I, for 20-some years, we did media tours when he was racing in the truck series, Xfinity series, and even in the Cup series, where I'd go pick him up. We would drive around town, go to radio stations, go to TV stations, and our conversations in the car is kind of just translated over to the radio and YouTube and the podcast. Um, so, yeah, we're we're down there every Thursday at 10 a.m. We're live on the South Point Studios YouTube channel. And then the show is shown on Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. So uh, this this next week, because of the Las Vegas race, 
We'll actually be taping it on Wednesday evening, uh, but most every Thursday, 10 o'clock, we're down there. Yeah, the ultimate NASCAR betting show, and it's called Gone Racing. And the reason I said the lead was because I I, I got to believe that Gone Racing, when you came up with the name, kind of Brendan's last name, even though it's the most funkiest way to spell gone I've ever seen, uh, it's pronounced gone. So th- is there any correlation there with Gone Racing and Brendan Gone? It was a very punny title. That was our whole idea. So, yes, it was based off of that. And obviously, we made it Gone, G-O-N-E, and he spells his last name G-A-U-G-H-A-N. But it was, uh, I guess that's, um, what do you call that? Um, I don't know what the word for that is. Is that, it's not a, I don't know what that term is. I can't remember, but it's definitely a, a play on words. There. Well, and it, it's great, and it's funny because I heard the show last week, and it's funny, Brendan. As you, if you listen to the show, Jeff's oh, a homophone. That's it, what it is. It's a homophone. homophone yeah, you yes. are Mister Cool, Calm, and Collective. Although you do get pretty excited at times, but Brendan is go, 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 like his foot's on the gas in the car. And it's funny. Then I hear he has the show sponsored by one of the sponsors, Death Wish Coffee, and he says he has like three or four of them, and that's like drinking fuel. Anyways, three or four of them, I'm amazed he's able to sit still for the whole show. Well, I need something to siphon that coffee out of him sometimes. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, but Brendan, if you know, if you know Brendan, that, that's Brendan. He's always been like that. You know, I think those of you who watch college basketball, for example, I think people remember how excited Dick Vitale would always get when he was on the radio. And some people were like, man, he, this guy just puts on a show. Well, let me tell you, I used to be a sports writer. And I used to sit in media rooms with Dick Vitale and had a number of conversations with Dick Vitale. The Dick Vitale you see on television, that is Dick Vitale every minute of Dick Vitale's day. That's who he is. Brendan Gaughan is the same way. Brendan has got so much energy. I mean, he puts the Energizer Bunny to shame. He really does. He's got a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. He believes in the sport. He believes in NASCAR and he also believes in the sports betting world. I mean, his family has been in that his entire life. And so uh, Brendan brings an, an amazing passion to the show. And, you know, it's funny. Sometimes Brendan and I get messages to us on Twitter. People think that we don't get along because we argue, we pick on each other, we disagree. I love him like a brother. And I mean, I think anybody that knows us knows that he and I genuinely like each other and I think that's part of what makes the show so good. Oh, no doubt about it. I don't think you guys could poke fun at each other if you didn't get along. You probably there would be no jokes in the show and it wouldn't have the same uh the, the same uh aura that it has which is really cool going forward to the race and once again the show's called gone racing it's every thursday and it is really really cool make sure you check it out great podcast with jeff motley and brendan gone uh the race this weekend or i should say next weekend leading up today again they're in atlanta but you've got friday you've got the victory of uh, victoria's voice foundation 200 presented by westgate resorts and that is the craftsman truck series race then Saturday, you get to see all of your up-and-coming NASCAR drivers that are up-and-coming in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, which is going to be, um, again, it is, uh, that is, I believe, Saturday. That starts at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, and that is the Leuna uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series race. And then you've got, of course, culminating with the Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube, and that is a NASCAR Cup Series race, and that's Sunday at 12.30. Uh, before we talk about what's expected in this race and I want some of those odds from you, Jeff, but uh, talk about how people can still get to the race. If they don't win tickets here coming up on my show pretty quick, how can people still get tickets to the race and what is available? We still have tickets available on LBMS.com. And not not only the race tickets, but also come. There's added value. Come down, visit the Neon Garage, especially on Sunday. We'll do the driver's meeting in the Neon Garage. Each day we have the victory lane ceremonies in the Neon Garage. And also come and check out the pre-race show on, on Sunday. Maddie and Tay, they're one of the biggest uh, country duos in the country um, who are going to be performing the pre-race show at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. So there's so much stuff going on. And the number of driver appearances and driver signing autographs that we're going to have on Sunday is, is pretty crazy. But if you're a fan of the truck series, we'll have the truck series drivers out signing autographs a couple hours before the truck race on Friday. We're going to do the same thing on Saturday with the Xfinity series, the Xfinity series drivers. They'll be signing autographs in the neon garage about three hours before the Xfinity race 
on Saturday. So there's so many opportunities for fans, not just to come out and to see the racing, but also to come out and be able to interact with your favorite drivers and also see the entertainment that we have lined up. It's so cool. If you have not been out there yet, I've lived here for years. I can't tell you now how many races on both hands. I can't count how many I've been to. I enjoy myself every time out there. It's a great day at the track. It is unique from the sounds, the excitement, and it is one of the greatest spectacle in all of sports. You're talking about guys with their hair on fire, and when I say that, over 200 miles an hour, and their bumpers, you can't fit probably more than like maybe three pennies in between their bumpers. It's, it, it is unbelievable if you haven't experienced this to get out there and you're not a fan. Like I said, I was initially an IndyCar fan, and I'm huge into NASCAR way more than I than I ever thought that I would be early on. And now about the race itself, Jeff, um, William Byron, you know, obviously the odds-on favorite. He won it last year. He just won at Daytona. We'll see him again out in Atlanta today. But this kid in his mid-20s now is probably as good as anyone on the circuit, if not the best. Oh, absolutely. That's why I was mentioning the fact that I think we're kind of looking at him maybe as the championship favorite. Uh, you know, and I think when you're looking at the Las Vegas race, one thing we don't really get in Las Vegas is we don't get upset winners. If you come to Las Vegas, you can pretty much bank on one of the superstars winning the race. I mean, Kyle Larson has won here twice now. We talked about Byron winning the race last year. Martin Tricks Jr., a perennial favorite, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Mark, uh, uh, Brad Keselowski. I mean, these are the guys who have been to victory lane over the last six, seven years at LVMS, including also Kurt Busch, who's now retired. So there's so many of the top drivers that tend to win in Las Vegas. We don't get that upset, no-name driver very often. So if you're looking to see one of the superstars in victory lane, Las Vegas is a great place for it. It really is. It brings out the best in these guys. And remember early on when I first started going, Jimmy Johnson was one of the guys, and he seemed to be winning it every year. I mean, so you are right. It brings out the best. They really, really enjoy running on this track, and you'll see some of the best. So the odds, what do you got for the top couple drivers, people that are thinking of wagering on the race? Well, we won't get our odds probably until next Tuesday or Wednesday. They'll wait until Atlanta's over before we get any odds right. on Vegas. I do think you're going to probably see the two favorites being William Byron and Kyle Larson going into the race. I don't think there's any question that Denny Hamlin will be up there near the top, as will Joey Logano. Uh, we've seen great success at Las Vegas from the Hendrick Motorsports cars because uh, Alex Bowman also has a win in Vegas. The only one of the the Hendrick guys who has not won in Vegas is Chase Elliott, and he is a perennial favorite everywhere that he goes. So I think any of the Hendrick cars, I think the, the Penske cars are also really good. And it's funny, Logano, who drives the Pennzoil car uh, in the Pennzoil 400, he's won it a couple of times. Uh, so we like to joke that he's driving the company car during our event. Um, but I think you got so many different guys that can win. And I think when the odds come out next week, though, I think you're probably going to see William Byron and Kyle Larson at the top of the list. I would agree. Okay. So we know who the favorites are right now. Someone that's looking for a dark horse, a long shot, Jeff, who would you put your money on as a dark horse? Um, probably the two 2311 Toyotas. I think Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick, they're a couple of guys who have gotten better and better on these mile and a half type racetracks. I know Bubba Wallace has gotten very comfortable on these tracks and, and I just think that, that you're seeing such great improvement in those guys. So Bubba Wallace, Tyler Reddick, the two 2311 guys driving for Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, I think are the two guys that could, could kind of sneak up on somebody and win. I just got a friend of mine just texted me a question. He goes, what do you think the odds will be on those guys? Um, I think you're probably going to see Reddick come in somewhere around 15, 16 to 1. Bubba may come in about uh, 18 to 20 to 1 is what I think you'll see to win. And sometimes when you're betting, don't just look at those odds to win. See what their odds are for a top three. I mean, Bubba may, may come in about plus 500, plus 550 for a top three. I mean, yes, it's a smaller return. But you're you're not asking him to have to win the race, which we know how hard it is to win these races. You take the long shots to show, man. I've always done that when I've gone to the race track to the horse track. So so why not? Uh, he is Jeff Motley. We appreciate your vice president over at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Appreciate everything that you do, and uh, and of course Jeff uh, helping out. We're going to be giving away a couple of tickets here right now. You can give Chris a call at seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. We're going to give away a pair for Saturday and a pair for Sunday. All you got to do is call. We're not even m making you answer. Any trivia questions? Uh, what? Any idea? I haven't checked the weather forecast or anything, but have you heard anything about how the weather is going to be next week? 
Uh, sounds like we're going to be about high 60s, uh, maybe 70. So I think we we'll, should be in really good shape next week. No overcast. Hopefully, good sunny skies. Oh, we might have we might have some have a cloud here or there. I mean, it's kind of hard to predict when a couple little white puffy things are going to be up there. But this is Las Vegas. We other than Super Bowl week, we don't get a lot of bad. No, weather. and it's so funny I because I don't know there. what it is about the racetrack and the gods above. But like in Irish Hills in Michigan. It was amazing that we would start the race out and it'd be hot as hell outside. And by the end of the race, I've got a jacket on, an umbrella out. And you get the same thing at the Motor Speedway. Man, you'll be hot as hell one minute, and the next minute you'll be freezing. So dress and prepare for the race because uh, the weather does change out there. Well, we've had that a couple of times. It's funny you mentioned Michigan. I, back in the 90s when I worked for NASCAR, I remember I think both Michigan races were run in the summer and I looked at the weather forecast. I'm like, oh, it's going to be warm in Michigan or whatever. I think I bought a jacket in Michigan twice in one year. <laughs> I, I, I I bought one once in 10 days, and I took a big coat back with me when I went for the Lions playoff games and ended up buying another one along with a nice big thick pair of gloves. It is freezing well, in that place, but that's in the wintertime. In the summertime, you just never know. But it was just crazy, the changes in the weather in Irish Hills went during the race. It, like Every year it seemed like that. But again, I think we're getting our callers in. My friend has to repeat the number, uh, 876-1340, but I think we're already good with uh, that. And, uh, Jeff, I really appreciate taking the time out. Next week for race day, going to have a friend of mine who's actually dating a really good friend of mine that you know well, Shannon Spake, is going to be on the show with us next week. A big into NASCAR, also an NFL sideline reporter. Looking forward to having Shannon on for the first time. But always, man, appreciate you joining the show. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, Brian. And Shannon will be a great guest for you. Love Shannon. Yeah, me too. Looking forward to it next week. Once again, that is Jeff Motley. Check out the podcast every Thursday. And again, that is Gone Racing. It's awesome. He does a great job with Brendan Gone. Listen, we're almost out of time. Spencer, want to bring you in for one second. Uh, you know, the big thing right now is the draft is a little over a month away. And... Um, with that draft being uh, one month away, the biggest thing are the quarterbacks in the draft. Five projected in the first round. And you put up the draft with Drake May out of North Carolina going first. A lot of people feel it's going to be Caleb Williams. And as much as people think the Bears are going to use that, that first-round draft pick for leverage, I think the Bears are going to use the first-round draft pick on Caleb Williams and give up on a guy that I call Mark Simpson and Justin Fields. But what do you think, Spence? What's going on? And are the Raiders going to belly up for one of these five guys? Yeah, well, that's the hope. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, I I really do hope so. Now, this is my top five prospects, not necessarily who I think is the order in which that these players are going to go. I think Caleb Williams is 100% the number one quarterback taken off the draft here. Um, It's just I think when you have quarterbacks taken on the first overall pick, it's not about the GM. It's about the owner. And the owner here is that Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes-esque. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I see no way that they keep Justin Fields. I think this is just something when it comes to marketing, the new face of the league, they're going to want Caleb Williams. The only problem is, and when they say he's Patrick mahomes S, they're not lying. It's not an exaggeration. This guy has the skill set physically to make passes like Patrick Mahomes. It's just, you know, the space in between his ears is the biggest question, whether or not he can handle a really bad game in the NFL. I mean, the guy was crying on the sidelines, like with his mom during a football game. You can't do that during the NFL season. And again, he's a college kid, so I'm not necessarily going to say like that it's impossible for him to, to make things up. But even just his ability to read defenses, it's just not as advanced as Patrick Mahomes was coming into the draft. The reason I have Drake May number one, just really quickly, I know we're running out of time, is he just has a cannon. Like his arm is comparable to Josh Allen. And that he immediately will be in the top five of arm strength in his rookie season. That's an incredible thing to say out loud. But for the Raiders, there's a lot of noise around Jaden Daniels. I'm not so sure. I would much rather have Michael Penix. Jaden Daniels just doesn't have the arm talent of the other quarterbacks in this draft, and that's a problem. Yeah, no, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with you. I'll tell you what, don't sleep on J.J. McCarthy. This kid is heady. He just won a national championship. Three straight playoffs. He is going to make it in the NFL, and I think his upside could be tremendous. Listen, we're out of time. I want to thank Jeff Motley for joining the show. Always uh, Chris Magnum, Chapman, and, of course, Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski. Couldn't do the show without him. I'm Brian Feldman. Out of line is here on Fox Sports Radio 98. 98- Point nine FM and thirteen forty AM every Sunday eight to nine. Make sure you join us next week. Shannon Spake will be joining the show, and we'll be talking more NASCAR. And uh, we'll we'll be getting a hold of old of our two winners really soon. Once again, out of line. We'll be back next Sunday morning. We'll see you then. Bye bye.